0: Well, good morning, everyone. Let's try that again. Good morning, everyone. I wanted to get your attention because next Sunday, we just found out we cannot be in here for worship. This facility is going to be utilized as command central for the stuff that's going to be happening in and throughout our city. And so we were we were informed that we would not be able to meet here. And so, because of the number of people that worship with us and call City their home, we are actually going to be having four services next weekend. So why don't you pay attention? You ready? Friday night from seven to eight at City Church Central. Saturday night from seven to eight at City Church Central. And then two services on sunday morning 9 and 11. do you got this so we're going to have four services to accommodate everyone so at city church central i have a question how many of you have never been in city church central raise your hand okay that's what i'm afeard of (laughs) is that you've never been there we've been meeting here at the pack for five years but we have a facility that we outgrew about seven years ago, um, and we own it. It's right on Ryle Road next door to K Tech. Um, but I want to uh, again reiterate: Friday night from seven to eight, Saturday night from seven to eight, Sunday morning nine and eleven. If you are not on our email distribution list, please utilize the tear off that you have in your newsfeed. Take that. Give us your basic contact information and, um, so that you can stay up to speed on different things that are happening here at City. But again, I want to remind you there will be four services. Needless to say, if you show up here next Sunday, you won't even be able to get on the property. You won't be able to get here. So just a kind reminder. Everyone got that? Everyone got that? All right. The other thing I want to reiterate that was in the video is that next Sunday evening at six o'clock, we will be joining with over a dozen other churches down at the pavilion. It'll be a time of worship and prayer for our city. So I want to encourage you, there will technically be five services next weekend that we're going to be involved with. And Wednesday night, we will be having a service to kind of kick off our serving Seaville. So... That's six. Amen to that. All right, now, what we are doing as a church family is we are processing through a biblical principle that's called life in the Spirit. Life in the Spirit. We've been processing through this all summer long. And the reason why is, is that Jesus taught... And all of the Newer Testament writers believe that without the Holy Spirit, there is no way that you can follow Jesus. And yet for many of us, we know so little about the Holy Spirit, and we're not very aware of the working of the Holy Spirit in our lives. So that's the purpose for the sermon series. Now, my son a couple of weeks ago brought a sermon to us that was entitled, Introducing the Holy Spirit at a Party to a Friend. I love the title. Last week, I brought a sermon that was based on life in the Spirit, that focused on this. In the Older Testament, there were 613 laws that you had to follow in order to please God. In the Newer Testament, God gives us the Holy Spirit. It is not, biblically, law versus grace. It is law versus Spirit. That's what the Newer Testament teaches. And so the burden of my heart is that throughout this summer, you would be introduced to, and you'd begin to understand the workings of the Holy Spirit so that you can follow Jesus and serve others. But what I want to talk about this morning is... The idea of life in the Spirit, fruit. Fruit of the Spirit. Life in the Spirit, fruit. So here's what I want you to do. Take a moment and think of your favorite fruit. Favorite fruit. Everyone got that? Now, how many of you, your favorite fruit is better in pie? (laughs) You know what I'm talking about? The fruit's good, but if you add sugar, it's way better. How many? Better in pie. How many of you, your fruit is better on ice cream? Now we're really getting somewhere. But the idea is, biblically, is that the Apostle Paul, who is a person that clearly understood the Holy Spirit, and here's why, he was a Pharisee, who enforced the 613 laws, lived by the 613 laws, he meets Jesus and he ceases to speak about the law and he begins to talk about and teach on the power of the Holy Spirit and every Jesus follower's life. And in teaching on that, he came up with a concept in order to teach on the working of the Holy Spirit in your life and my life that is called the fruit of the Spirit. Fruit of the Spirit. So what I want us to do is on the screen, we're going to read two verses that Paul writes to the church of Galatia. And here are the verses that he wrote. He says, in comparison to the law, in comparison to living by the 613 laws, he writes, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And he goes on to write, and against such things there is no law. In other words... If those fruits of the Spirit are in your life, no one is going to come up to you and say, there's a law against that, other than joy, before 6 (laughs) a.m. That fruit should not appear until after 6 a.m. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Exactly. Now, I am wearing a shirt that highlights my favorite fruit. My favorite fruit. See it? It's the cocoa bean. (laughs) That's right. My favorite fruit in the whole world is Gerhardt chocolates. It's a fruit, I'm telling you. If you can take a fruit and put it in pie, you can take cocoa beans and put them in chocolate. So here's the other thing. On the last Sunday of this month, on the 26th, I'm asking everyone to wear a T-shirt to church. Every one of us. A T-shirt to church that highlights a place you've been, an activity that you enjoy to participate in, or a team that you support. So this morning I'm wearing a shirt from Gerhardt Chocolate in support of chocolate. That's what I'm doing. It's important now. Now, here's the reality. Is that if you were to look at I want you to put up on the screen um, go back two slides I'm sorry go back to those are cocoa beans see them that's the fruit that is actually or the seeds that are brought out of a seed pod that chocolate is made from again go to the next slide and that is pie made out of that fruit do you understand this You got it? Those are Gerhardt chocolates. Jesus would have eaten Gerhardt chocolates. (laughs) Now, go to the next slide. This is a seed of a fruit that I do not like at all. I don't like this seed. And here's why. Next slide. This is a fruit that comes from that seed. How many of you do not like Brussels sprouts? Really high. There we go. Look around you, Brussels sprouts. I think that Brussels sprouts came into being after the fall of Adam and Eve. I'm totally convinced of it. I'm serious. I really believe that. I think after the fall of man, when weeds and thistles and thorns came into creation, so did Brussels sprouts. Totally convinced of it. I was raised on a farm in Wisconsin. We had a a garden that my mother forced us to work in, free labor. It was almost two acres, and she always had a long row of Brussels sprouts. I couldn't stand them. Here's my confession of one of my greatest sins of my youth. I used to go over to the Brussels sprouts and I would pick them off and throw them to the cows. (laughs) It's true. And when the cows would see me walk into the garden, they would line the fence, (laughs) line the fence, because they loved Brussels sprouts. I don't like them at all. And so, here's what we sort of need to understand as we begin to look at the fruit of the Spirit. I want you to catch this. This is important because everyone that read Paul knew exactly what he was saying, and it's this. The fruit has nourishment and it's attractive. I want you to catch this. Fruit has nourishment and it's attractive. If you walk up to, say, a raspberry bush, my favorite berry is a raspberry. But if you walk up to a red raspberry bush, what your eye is drawn to is the fruit, the red berry. Now the way God has made the plant world is, especially all fruit, is that when a bird comes and consumes that raspberry and then flies off, it consumes it, and then very politely put, it drops seed everywhere it goes. And so on our farm, we had red raspberries. My mother had probably a quarter of an acre in red raspberries. And the birds would come down and eat them. Guess what bush grew along all of the fence lines? Raspberries. Because the idea is the fruit is attractive, it's nutritious. But here's what I really want us to catch. Everyone, when it sees fruit wants to move towards it. And when the fruits of the Spirit are active in my life and in yours, people are attracted to the kingdom of God. This is how this works. And everyone that read Paul knew exactly what Paul was saying, that the nutrition is in the fruit, that the nutrition is there, but it's also attractive. I want you to catch that. Paul knows that the kingdom of God will expand as people understand the fruit of the Spirit because it's nutritional. It's good for the person and the people around it. But it's also attractive. Look, even Adam and Eve knew that fruit was attractive. It says in the initial fall that they went to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and they saw that it was attractive. They were drawn to it and it was good for food. It was beautiful and good for food. That's the idea of fruit. But notice how nowhere in Scripture does God ever mention Brussels sprouts. Have you noticed that? Now, here's what I want us to catch. Is that inside of the fruit is seed, is seed. And wherever the fruit goes, the seed goes too. And the seed has potential to bring new life. And when you and I Live in the fullness of the Spirit and love, joy, peace, kindness, self-control. And we're going to get to one of these at the end of this sermon. But when those fruits are active in our lives, not only are they attractive to other people, but inside of that fruit is the seed that can bear life. It's important we catch this. Now seed, unbeknownst to many of us, is probably considered by scientists as the most important thing in the world. It's true. As I was studying on fruit and seed this week, my mind was drawn to a documentary that I had seen. And what stunned me about the documentary was, was that there is an underground storage facility that's in Norway. And the name of the storage facility is called Svalbard. Svalbard. Let's say that together. Svalbard. And inside of this underground storage facility that is literally a limestone cave, where there are yards of permafrost over top of this cave, and the limestone is really resilient to radiation, there are four and a half million different sets of seeds, and there's 500 of every seed. And the reason why is, is that scientists know if there would be a slow demise of certain types of plants or there was a catastrophic event that wiped out all plants, if there's no seed, we don't survive. And so inside of this storage facility, there in that region, there is four and a half million types of seed. And you can go online and you can look up every single seed that's there. I will be sending an email to that pe- those people later this week requesting that they would remove Brussels sprouts from their cache of seeds. I don't think God wants those if something were like to happen. But please know this, we are distant from an agricultural culture, but everyone in Jesus' day, in Paul's day, they either got their food from fish or from farming. farming was huge in Paul's day. And when he began to talk about fruit, everyone knew what he meant. That there's nourishment. That fruit is to be attractive. But most importantly, in the middle of a piece of fruit is a seed that can bring life. It can produce life. I want you to think about your life. Do we exude the fruits of the Spirit. When we step into a room, does our presence bring life? Or does it bring gossip in the office? Does it bring undermining of other people? What does our presence speak of? Because the Apostle Paul says, there are fruits of the Spirit that every follower of Jesus has when the Holy Spirit dwells inside of you. And the question has to be, is the fruit visible? Is it attractive? Now as we look at Scripture, as we look in, I want us to read again Paul's list. Galatians 5, through 23, and I want you to look at the list and say, are the fruits of the Spirit active in my life? Here we go. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. What's the next word? Forbearance. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, and the Apostle Paul says there's no law of God against any one of these, none. But when we look at this, we have to be honest about this list. Because if these are fruits that the Spirit brings to us, if these are the fruits of the Spirit that are in cold storage in us, the Apostle Paul is writing to make the Galatian people and you and I aware of what they are and that they're there and they're available to us. So, five weeks ago, when we started this series, I read the list from Galatians 5, and 23. And when I came to the word forbearance, I made a joke. And the joke was this. I have no clue biblically what forbearance is, but I think it has something to do with a bear. I think so. And then I went on to explain about black bears and how I was just around a campfire with a group of friends and a black bear started to come over the fence and the people chasing the black bear through the camp said, don't be alarmed, there's a black bear coming. Please stay calm. And when that black bear came over the fence about 20 feet from us, I noticed that people went airborne. They completely ignored what the and they sprinted into the house. And some of us were left seated there what I said was, was this, you don't have anything to worry about from a black bear. Now, here's what's amazing. I received more feedback on that comment than any other comment I've preached on in a year. It's true. So, here's what I think forbearance means. Let's put the, the next slide up. This is what I believe forbearance means. Forbearance means this, this is Pete Hartwig' definition, before the bear makes an entrance. Forbearance. Get that? That's how you break it down linguistically. Before the bear makes an entrance. Now, by the time I got home, I had texts and emails, and here's a picture that was sent to me from someone at City, a picture that they took in their front yard the night before right over an ivy. And so, looking at that black bear, I realized I had to defend my position. So what I did was, I got in touch with a high school student from City Church who is going to Duke, God help her, she's going to Duke to study mathematics. So what I did was, I had her search the internet along with me, And we did a lot of searching about black bears. In order to prove my point, this is very serious, and I want you to follow along with me. In 2017, only two people's lives were taken by black bears. I know that's a lot, and I'm not making little of that. But what you have to know is they were all in Alaska. They happened in the U.S., but they were in Alaska. How many of you right now are sitting in Alaska? None of us. All right, next one. She was wonderful. She also told me that last year, 69 people were killed by lawnmowers. (laughs) You know where this is going. The next time you see a lawnmower, you need to grab your wife and say, Honey, run! Run! Because more people were killed by lawnmowers than bears. Now, this is so important for you to get. I'm still trying to prove my point about black bears. It's this, there are 325.7 million people that live in the US. Last year, two lives were taken, not in the lower 48, but up in Alaska. So here is your percent chance of being killed by a bear. (laughs) I think my point is proven. How many of you are still going to run from a bear? I figured. But here's what you need to know, is that forbearance, as I prayed over this list, is the one that God wants you and I to have at all cost. Because you see, forbearance is an old word, it's an ancient word. It's a Greek word that speaks so importantly to us about one of the fruits that God has provided to us through the Holy Spirit. Forbearance is the thing that makes you walk with a person when they are unlovable. Forbearance is the thing that literally calls a person to walk with someone else. And even though they're annoying the daylights out of you, you walk with them. The original Greek word for forbearance is makros thumos. It's these two words brought together. And macros means long or distant or far off. Thumos means temper. It means to have what the, the Jewish people called a long temper. And you go, that doesn't sound like a good thing, a long temper. What do we say it's the opposite of that? You have a what? Short temper. You see, that comes from the biblical term. It's the idea, especially in the Older Testament, where God's slow to anger towards us. That God is slow to anger towards people. In the Newer Testament, the same word is used in 1 Corinthians 13.4. And in 1 Corinthians 13.4, it begins by this, by saying, love is patient. It's the same word. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. That's what love is. But the first thing that love is, is something that brings forbearance. In the Older Testament as well, it's kind of a funny approach. But in the Older Testament, when it speaks of God's forbearance, it says that he has a long nose. That God is literally in the Hebrew long-nosed. Or has long nostrils. And it's in reference to a cultural thing where if your temper is being released, you snort out of your nose. You kind of blow through your nose. And if your nose is long, it takes longer for the temper to come out. God is long-nosed. You should be long-nosed too. When we look at this, it tells us in scripture that we are to be a people. We are to be a people that exude forbearance. And here's what I know. We live in a brutally selfish culture. Brutally selfish. A culture where happiness is held up above all other values. If I'm not happy, I'm out. The Bible never speaks of you and I living that way. The Bible speaks of us having forbearance. Where we will stick to things and we will walk in situations because we know God has called us there. And the scripture says that as I move through the spirit, that God will give me the fruit of forbearance to help me to move through what I'm facing. And that that fruit, when people see it, will look nutritious and attractive. Forbearance. I'm sitting on this word just for a moment because in prayer over this morning, I came to believe that there are some people who are looking to cut bait out of a situation or to cut bait out of a relationship and you're doing it out of your own self-centeredness and God wants to say to you and to me, there's a fruit of the spirit called forbearance, ask for it. God, by the power of Your Spirit, allow me to walk with this person. Allow me to walk through this situation with stick and connectedness. God, help me. How many of you know exactly what I'm talking about? Raise your hand. You know what I'm talking about. But my passion for us this morning is that we would have forbearance. Now, how do we put feet to our faith In the midst of this, every single person that knows about fruit, knows that fruit does grow, fruit has a life of its own, but it also needs attention. There isn't a fruit that simply just grows and inevitably it'll get taken over by some pestilence, some bugs, some fungus. All fruit takes notice and attention and the Apostle Paul knew this. He knew that although God gives me the fruits of the Spirit, that I'm going to have to, like a gardener, protect them and prune them and make them grow. So here's what I know. I know that as a parent, I have needed forbearance. You need it. And I know for some of us, in the midst of our parenthood, we look at our kids and said, whose are they? Don't seem like they're mine. Where did that kid come from? No, it's yours. But in the midst of parenting, there's forbearance. There's that sense of loving. Listen, how about this? How about on the job this week, when that person that annoys you no end, what about forbearance? What about that understanding that the Spirit of God has made available to you and to me a fruit that grows by the Spirit? But here's what I've also learned. There's always an adversarial voice to forbearance every time. It is a faithful voice, but a voice that is unfaithful to God. And that voice will step in and say, Pete, don't do that. You need to be happy This person, this situation isn't making you happy. Get out. And yet there's this thing called the fruit of the Spirit and the Holy Spirit that's there with me, giving me strength in order to stick with it because I know that that's what God has called me to do and to be. So, here's one final thought that I have that is so key. And it's this. These fruits, every one of them, speak about where the fruit came from. So picture this. If you suddenly are eating a peach and you're finished with that peach, what's in the middle of it? A seed. And the seed speaks about where that fruit came from and, again, has the potential to replicate the life that's inside of that fruit. You know, it's fascinating to me that Jesus Christ, when he looked at the cross and knew he was going to die, turned to his disciples at the Last Supper and here's what he said to them. He said, you know what, guys? It's time for me to glorify the Father. You know what the next thing he said was? He said, unless a kernel of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it bears alone. But if that seed goes into the ground and dies, it will break out in new life. And that new life will have a multiplied harvest. The only way seed can multiply itself is it must die. The reason why I'm sharing that is because when I looked at that list, there were several that I saw for Pete Hartwig's life where the fruit was not easily seen on the tree. And as I looked at that fruit, and I knew it wasn't there the way it should be, I felt like the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, are you willing to die to yourself so that the fruit of the Spirit can come alive and have a multiplied harvest? As we close out our time, I'm going to ask that you would stand with me. And as we stand together... I'd like us to close our eyes for a moment the Apostle Paul says that the fruit of the Holy Spirit is love joy peace forbearance kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness and self-control how's the fruit the way fruit grows is when the seed dies. The idea here is for me before the Lord is to look at my life say, God, some of these fruits are not what they ought to be. And so, Lord, in this moment, I'm going to humble myself before the Holy Spirit and I'm going to confess where the fruit is not. I'm going to die to myself. That the light of the power of the spirit and the life of the spirit would grow. Would you take a moment to look at your life? The worship team's going to lead us, but I want you to I want to encourage you to stay in the presence of the Holy Spirit and allow the present working of the Spirit to look into your heart. Concerning the fruits.
1: Oh, who are we come to the fountain?
0: My heart's cry, my prayer is that we would be a group of people that have attractive, nutritious, spiritual fruit in our lives and that that fruit would carry the seed of the Spirit of God, of Christ. This coming next Sunday, August the 12th, Throughout the weekend, there will be a lot of things happening in our community. Let's let the fruit of the Spirit show as we move towards this week and this weekend. My sermon at the four services that we'll be having next weekend will be about life in the Spirit, racism. Life in the Spirit, racism, where we're going to look at the scriptures discover by the power of the Holy Spirit how people can love each other. As we conclude our time, I want to encourage you, if you would need to stay and worship some more, please feel comfortable doing that. If you would like prayer, we're going to ask that the life group leaders and the prayer team begin to move to the sides of this time. If you know that you need prayer for physical, emotional, relational, financial, please don't exit this room without someone praying with you and for you. But we're going to conclude our time with worship. When your heart is full, feel free to exit. But now may the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord turn his face towards you. May the Lord give you his spirit and the fruits of the spirit. This week, as we move towards August 12th. In Christ's name,
1: To.